Hi, we're the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan, and this week I'm joined by Matt in London and Gary, not in Santiago, Chile. You're now where, Gary? Uh, I'm in Chongju. Okay, and where is Chongju? Uh, it's in South Korea, about uh, two hours' drive south of Seoul. Ah, nice. Are you there for the holidays? Uh, yes, yes. I've, I've got to do two two weeks of quarantine uh, before I'm allowed out in, into the wild. So um, I've got to uh, plenty of plenty of football watching to get through in the next couple of weeks. I think. Very nice. And what time is it in in South Korea? Uh, it's currently five a.m. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why you've got the jet lag. Yeah. Okay. Well, Gary, while you're still with us, still awake, how was your game week? Um, fair to poor, I'd say. It's been a, another disappointing game week. I, um, I made the mistake of captaining Sadio Mane. Um, I think it's it was his last chance for me against Fulham and he fluffed it. He didn't really get involved in the game much at all. Um, so it's been quite a poor week. In fact, they, my only shining light, I got, I got 45 points overall. My only shining light is um, Emmy Martinez for the Villa goalie. And it was kind of a bonus 11 points for me because I, I knew Villa were playing um, on Saturday, but I'd kind of completely forgotten I had Martinez. I, I was looking out for Grealish and it only just occurred to me at the end that I had Martinez and suddenly I saw that he'd made seven saves and got the three bonus points. So um, he's kind of finally rewarded as uh, Martinez fans after a, after a great start to the season, he'd kind of tailed off a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Um, you are around the same kind of point as me, I think around the million mark. It's, it's a tricky place to get out of, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm below Andy. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> I'm currently 10 points behind Andy. I'm last out of all the podders, and after after a promising start as well, uh, I'm I'm still on the second page of the uh, fantasy football fanatics league, which is which is not a good place to be. So uh, yeah, need to book my ideas up. <laughs> how, how about you, Matt? How are your ideas? Um, well, so so. I mean, I think my my team. I quite like my team at the moment, but uh, I keep making bad choices, which is, uh, seems to be limiting it. So. I um I took a gamble on not going for Salah this week, which I think many a Podder uh, and fantasy football player went for Salah captain, um, which which came off for them. I went Robertson, uh, whose two points doubled for four for me, so that that really let me down. But luckily at the moment I've got a Southampton triple up, so uh, McCarthy, Walker, Peters, and Adams all came in with scores for me, so that's that sort of saved my game week and gave me fifty four points, which is which is so so um, and and keeps me going. You've got to be pretty happy with that score, considering captaincy blank. It must be, yeah, it's, it's points fairly shared around your team, isn't it? Good structure. Yeah, yeah I think the, t- the team's doing really well. As I say, yeah, you always, when you don't get the right captain, that's always frustrating because I, I very nearly went Kane, which would have been so much better. And um, I also had Suchek as my first sub, which is another frustration because I keep gambling between, uh, well, flipping a coin between Suchek and Podence, and uh, it always comes up the wrong answer for me. Yeah, it's so annoying when that happens, when you have two kind of rotating. Um, for me this week, it's a good game week. Getting back on track a bit now with after weeks and weeks of hits. <laughs> I think I've got my team kind of in shape. I had Martinez as well, which is great. Um, Diaz, which has been a great signing for me. Really annoying that Lamptey hasn't even appeared in the Leicester-Brighton game. Um, but to be honest, based on the score at the moment, we're recording 
during the games, it's half time. They're three three nil down. Probably doesn't make too much difference at the moment. Um, Chilwell did nothing, which is annoying. But Wolves away. Salah captaincy. I brought him in this week, and I was happy with that um, because there weren't too many captain returns. I don't think this week with De Bruyne and Fernandez not doing much. Uh, yeah, and then Kane, Calvert Lewin, and Bamford up front. Very. Very template, my team. And I tried to make it even more template by bringing in Diogo Jota recently. But um, he's going to be swapped out for Suchek because he didn't play. And I get a lucky nine points to take me up to about 66, I think. So I'm really hoping that I can be inside the top million by, you know, maybe 800,000, something like that. That would make me feel better. I think every game week I kind of yo-yo between uh, 600,000 and... 1.3 1.3 million or something like that and it always ends up about, around about 1 million at the end so it'd be nice to get somewhere somewhere different um, I mean come on Duncan there's a, there's only 1 million people in the world better than you that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that feels like a lot it's um, like the top 0.1% of the world or something yeah I mean how many of those people podcast every week about fantasy football <laughs> <laughs> Much like our five-a-side team where we used to come mid-table because we kept turning up and sometimes others wouldn't turn up. You'll yeah. get up there. If you just keep persisting and picking that team, this is others the will theory. forget. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that was a nightmare. We, we got promoted well beyond our competence and we really wanted to get relegated, but just by virtue of turning up every week, every, <laughs> we kept scraping enough points to not finish last. Scraping enough points to get hammered every week. Um, yeah, that's that's the classic thing that me and Matt have always said, like... <laughs> we may not be that great at fantasy. We may not be very maverick like Andy and Gary, but if we turn up every week and make those transfers, <laughs> then everyone else might forget at some point. It really does work. It's quite sad, but true. Um, so we've got quite a lot of talking points this week. So we've kind of rushed through our, our game week previews, not our game week previews, our game week uh, lookbacks. I don't know, English, hey. Um, so our first talking point is over to Gary, uh, Leeds defenders. So this is one that uh, I've brought up and I want to throw it to Gary because he's got two Leeds defenders. Are they actually massively overrated in the FPL, FPL, FPL community? Um, or <laughs> are they not the new Doherty that we kind of hoped they would be? Are they just fairly standard 4.5s in a promoted team? And is Meslier the better option in the Leeds defence? What do you think, Gary? I mean, Meslier has been getting through a good good number of saves. But um, so if I didn't have Martinez, um, I think Meslier is a similar price. But no, I I think I'm quite pleased with myself actually. Well, I didn't quite call this at the start of the season, but I went quite early with Stuart Dallas, and I think he's the pick of the Leeds defenders because he obviously um, plays all over the place. But he's normally in um, in midfield, um, so he's a He's he's got forty points so far for a four point six million pound defender who's probably normally going to be on the bench. That's that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, what I did this week was I transferred in Ailing. Um, so Luke Ailing, the normally the right back, but uh, he actually played centre back against uh, West Ham. Um, so the reason I did that was that. I mean, West Ham at home, I thought was a decent fixture for Leeds, but then now they've got Newcastle at home. Man United away, Burnley at home, West Brom away. So I was kind of thinking four of the five fixtures look pretty tasty. And I kind of expect Newcastle and Burnley will go to Elland Road and just try and kill the game and and play on the counter-attack. So, okay, 
West Ham did that very well to Leeds and they made them look a bit shaky. But I, I feel like West Ham are a little bit better than Newcastle and Burnley. So I think Leeds might be able to grind out uh, a couple of 1-0, kind of 2-0 scores. They, they, they played a lot like this in the Championship last year where the other teams came to Ellen Road, tried to sit back and Leeds would, would have a lot of possession and gradually eventually win the game. So I'm, I'm kind of banking on, on that happening again. Um, and I think I think Ailing's not a bad shout. He's not much of a goal threat, but he did does put over the odd good cross from right back. In fact, he had one right at the end of the game against West Ham that um, Rodrigo headed straight at the keeper, I think, or, or just over. Um, so, my, so yeah. My issue with Ailing at the moment is the injury to to Robin Cock, who's a serious knee injury, not expected back until March, and his replacement, the big money signing Llorente, is injured until kind of the 29th of December. Okay, it's not that long, but he hasn't really started properly in his kind of Leeds career yet. So I I kind of suspect that Eiling might be starting at centre-back for a little while. Yeah, he looked a bit... I mean, he, he had quite a good game at centre-back, but I think that's because he was up against Sebastian Allaire. And he just Allaire just seems to be like Teflon touch. The ball just kept bouncing off him. Um, so, I, yeah, I think... Ailing at centre back might be a problem for Leeds um, if that if that continues. So so they might need to sort that out. But um, yeah, I, I I still think though that Leeds that they quite the defenders are a reasonable value just because they tend to pop up all over the place as well and like kind of join the attacks so they can kind of come through. I mean the other one is if he plays is Alioski the left back is really quite attacking and he gets forward a lot so he's another one worth thinking about. Yeah, and you've got to kind of hope for more starts for him with those injuries at the back now. So 4.4, maybe he's a, a good shout at the moment. I like that. What do you reckon, Matt? Are they, is Stuart Dallas the new Doherty or or is he just a bit overhyped? Well, I have had no Leeds players, I think, anything in my team all season. And um, it's not because I'm a Man U fan, therefore I hate Leeds or anything like that. It's just uh, I probably should have Bamford in um, like, like many, many do. But I, I've not been terribly tempted to go for them over the over the weeks um and their defense as well just seems to find a way to concede a goal each week at the moment so I, i'm not seeing much in their form for me to transfer players in but uh, i i see if gary yeah, I, they certainly are have a good run coming up and potentially some very good price points so they they could be good players to have but uh for me i think bielsa and makes it quite makes Leeds very trendy at the moment but their actual performances and fantasy terms aren't necessarily justifying uh, p- putting them in. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. From my point of view, I think I think I I, I was I posed this question, so it was kind of my thoughts that I think they are thought they were kind of massively overrated. But I I do like Gary's shout on the fixtures. Um, those fixtures are really nice, and I it, there is something this season where. It's a weird season. It's a weird year. I do just quite like having players who are quite involved in the game when you're watching it in my team. Like Suchek is just entertaining. If you're watching a West Ham game, he's kind of, you know, always nearly with a header or nearly with a free kick. He's getting on the end of things. And I feel like Dallas is potentially one of those players as well. And I've got I've got issues at the back with Lamptey not starting this week and no backup on the bench. I've got like Mitchell and Kilman, and I've got enough money to afford Mitchell to Stuart Dallas. So 
maybe I'm going to swing from thinking these guys are massively overrated to, uh, you know, it's Christmas. I want to watch uh, some Leeds games where my FPL players are really involved. And later in the season, like, you know, has been obvious so far, maybe he gets moved into midfield and stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, kind of changed my mind a bit. Just to just to throw another name in, not not Leeds, but if you've got an extra 0.3 million, um, I think Vestergaard from Southampton is quite fun to watch because he's just basically this towering, massive Swiss. He's Swedish, is he? And just this this Danish, head above everybody Danish. else is he Danish? Yeah. And um, Ward Prowse is just arrowing the ball in at him every set piece. So he's like, um, he's always involved when Southampton play. He is huge, isn't he? He is fast. You can imagine him as like a Viking, like back in the Middle Ages or even earlier. If you've got a team of like Calvert-Lewin, Bamford, Suchek, Vestergaard, basically all you're doing is just picking big blokes that you can watch. The Mourinho FPL. swing into. Yeah, Tony Poulos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So we're, 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 not, we're not in one half or the other really with Leeds. I, I think Gary's one way and Matt's the other and I'm kind of in the middle. Um, next talking point is is from Andy. So he was saying City, United, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, all put in lacklustre performances this week. Uh, Is Europe fatigue catching up with the big teams? Uh, What do you think, Matt? Um, So, I mean, it was a bit of a bore draw, wasn't it? Two matches of clubs played each other and just played out a draw. So that uh, instantly, I think, frames the whole game week uh, for people. And then, Liverpool were disappointed. I think they've got a bit of injuries and maybe a bit of fatigue going on. Um, having said that, their squads are just much larger. So I think coming up with the Christmas period, I wouldn't be surprised if um, the, the big clubs still grind it out. Uh, I think their players are tired, but they've been able to rotate a bit. I think rotation is the bigger risk than fatigue um, over the Christmas period in a relative sense. Because I think all the, the teams like your Burnleys and Leeds and and, and Fulham's aren't used to playing every three days over the Christmas period. I think they're the ones that might suffer more than Man U um, and Chelsea and Co. But um, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? What do you reckon, Gary? I mean, I'd, I'd take issue with them not being used to playing every few days because, I mean, Leeds and um, Fulham have just come up from the Championship where they have more more games. So, um, but obviously it's a slightly lower quality, so maybe they'll get found out. But I, I think Leeds are used to playing, because in the Championship you have three months where it's virtually kind of two games a week. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree with Andy on Liverpool. I, I think they just seem quite lacklustre. I just watched them today against Fulham, and it was it was kind of Fulham just seemed to have more energy. They were just bursting forward. And people like Caviero and De Cordova-Reed were just kind of coming through and running on. And it was it's normally when you watch Liverpool, it's Salah and Mane and all these players who are bursting forward and, and running with the ball. But, I mean, Liverpool just seemed a bit overrun in midfield. It's not like you kind of... It's a bit like what happened against Villa. Like, you, you kind of expect the underdog to sometimes maybe just put pressure on at set pieces and to kind of really kind of go direct and harry a team like that, but not not to be like outrunning and kind of looking faster than than a team like Liverpool, but I thought Fulham did. Yeah. I can I kind of kind of add another topic to to this one about fatigue in Europe. I think this is this is kind of half, you know, Europe European fixtures have just finished for this kind of this section pre Christmas. 
those big teams have all been involved. Even Liverpool in the dead rubber still played some big players, including Mo Salah, which does seem kind of mental now. Um, but then the flip side is one of Gary's kind of questions, topics, is those teams that these big teams have been playing against. So Liverpool were playing against Fulham, Fulham were at home, and they had their fans there for the first time in the season. And Gary, you've kind of noticed that potentially the fans at the home games are having an effect. Effect? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I basically, I'd, on the first two or three months of this season, I'd, I'd not been picking much on home, whether the team was home or away, because I kind of figured without fans, it's pretty sterile. Like a lot of the home advantage is lost, because I, I think a lot of home advantage is the the fans putting the ref under pressure. And even if even if we've now got VAR for the for the big decisions. Um, there's still all the little free kicks you're getting in around the box and um, other other decisions during the course of a match. Um, and I think it's it's been shown that like just 2,000 of the most committed fans can actually make a, a fair old racket. Like they're making a, a good amount of noise. Um, but the other the other thing that stuck out to me watching Fulham is that um, I mean, sorry any Fulham fans, I've I've only been to Craven Cottage once, but I kind of got the impression that it was never the most intimidating kind of ground you had the away when I was there you had the away fans all behind one goal and the away fans were kind of making about as much noise as the home fans so it was one of those grounds where there wasn't that much of a home advantage but now obviously the away fans aren't allowed to go there so it's just 2,000 home fans there's no no response from the away fans so so you've got teams like Fulham who've now got quite a vocal kind of home support, but then you've got other teams like, I don't know, Leeds or Sheffield United, um, who, who normally have quite a loud home following and they've they've still got nobody. So I think it's a bit of a a bit of a change in the the dynamic. And some teams um like Leeds, like Sheffield United, um, like both Manchester clubs at the moment, might be a bit unlucky basically. Yeah. I think there's definitely something in this. I think if you look at so Fulham, like you mentioned this week, they got a result against Liverpool. Palace are at home. Uh, they got a result against Tottenham with fans there. Newcastle, they got a result uh, with their fans there. Everton, another kind of upset against Chelsea with their fans there for the first time. Southampton got a result. The only kind of games that didn't have fans this week was the Manchester derby, which has roundly been criticised for how lacklustre it was. Leeds, like you mentioned, they lost at home without any fans and Wolves lost at home without any fans. So maybe maybe not forever, but definitely I feel in this first, you know, there's a big anticipation around it. You know, the fans are back. We have to perform for them um, and giving those players a bit of a boost, especially against the bigger teams when they, they're the underdogs. Um, and I think that added to, you know, Europe hangover from the last few weeks. I think that's had an effect between the two things. And I think you could still see that, you know, in the next game, next couple of game weeks and massively, you know, the Christmas fixtures, that's going to be, you know, a big kind of festival for the fans. And you can imagine that they're going to get really behind the teams. I I think there were a couple of games, like you say, the, the Palace one against Tottenham, where the, I think the fans were really kind of roaring Palace on to keep going and they got the latest equaliser. And again, with, with Fulham Liverpool, it was just the kind of sustaining the Fulham hanging on. And then even, even when they conceded the penalty, they, they kind of kept them going to the end. So I, I do think 
I do think fans do have an uh, make an effect. And just from a purist point of view, just watching the game is so much better with authentic crowd noises and mm. the, the interaction that you have between the, the fans and the players. Even with like uh, Newcastle, you know, missing 12 players, um, Everton missing, you know, Dinia, Coleman and James Rodriguez, you, you expected them to get destroyed by Chelsea, but, you know, they're at home with their fans and I think it can really motivate them. I think it's an excellent point. I also think the other factor that could be that some of the grounds might help as well. With the, those, if you're allowed two, fans, then there's it's quite a leveler. So uh, I know Man United don't, not allowed fans at the moment, but trying to fill Old Trafford of two thousand is quite different from filling Craven Cottage. So I don't know, maybe the the fact that it's sort of a bit more enclosed might help them as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a good shout. Um, so we're we're kind of on board with that. We're we're thinking potentially. Uh, although the the big teams have big squads and they can rotate, maybe we have to keep an eye on the fixtures and see who's playing at home and whether there are fans there for the next few game weeks. Um, so my Leeds defenders, another reason why it was a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> we should be looking at the tier system in the UK. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll change my mind about Dallas now. Um, is watching the FPL statistics to see price changes. We also have to check the government website to see uh, whether yeah. tiers are changing. If London goes to tier first... three, you need to avoid Palace. Exactly. Well, yeah. The first team with 4,000 fans. Oof. Oof, yeah, straight on them. <laughs> Triple up. Um, so I think the next question is from, from you, Matt, and it's double game week alert. Um, what's happening? Um, yeah, well, I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, <laughs> is this more of a question than a statement? <laughs> it's more of a question than a statement. So I know that the FA Cup third round is going to have a bearing uh, and there's going to be a double game week. And I think it's the game week before is meant to be, uh, what, what do you call it? It was a sparse blank. game week. Was it? A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a blank oh, game week, that's I'm, it. That's the title of the pod done there. Sparse <laughs> game week. Um, <laughs> So I think it's one of those difficult ones where you can't like, it's difficult to plan ahead just with your transfers that maybe it's a free hit chip type um, event. But um, I think it's, it's worth putting on people's radars that there's these, these doubles coming up. Um, and so I guess the question to, to you guys is, are you just going to be playing week by week or at what point will you start thinking ahead to the doubles and uh, sparse game weeks uh, and, and planning ahead for them with your before, transfers? Before we, before we dive into those uh, strategies, um, I think from what I've seen uh, from the FPL uh, official account, game week 19, I think is the double game week. It hasn't actually updated in the fixtures last I checked, but they have posted this on Twitter, I think. So... Game week 19 is the potential double game week. Well, it is the double game week. So West Ham are going to be having a double game week that week. And it's a really nice double for West Ham. So Suchek owners and Kufal owners are going to be pretty happy. I'm, I think it's something like um, Burnley and West Brom, both at home. So they'll blank in game week 18. And then it's a West Brom-Burnley double header um, for West Ham. So get your West Ham defenders in um, for that. Um, yeah, I think I assume there are other teams like your Man Uniteds, Man Cities, Burnleys, Aston Villa, who are also a game or two behind, who would potentially be involved there, but they haven't actually announced it yet. So, yeah, over to you, Gary, for for your strategy or whether you're you're going to be planning for that. 
Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely got, I've got a couple of Villa players, so I'm definitely, that's another reason to keep hold of them because particularly they, they missed a game the first game week and then they had the match cancelled. Um, so, so yeah, but I'd, it's a little bit too far out at the moment. I mean, I know like the, maybe the grandmaster, is it Magnus? Um, Magnus uh, Carlsen. Yeah, Magnus yeah. Carlsen, yeah. They're like chess players are always thinking like about eight and nine moves ahead, but I, I, I'm still a bit far ahead, far too far in the future for me, like six or seven game weeks. I'm, I'm kind of, um, plus I, get, I guess this will all come after we have the second wild card available. So yeah, yeah. I just need to try and maximise kind of overhaul my, my my shoddy squad at the moment and try and get some points in December before I, th I think too much about January. You're going to kind of react and maybe use a free hit or something like that if if you have to? Yeah, I think I think so. Um, it's, yeah, or, or just just see just see if I can manage my way through with uh, with with 10 or 11 players or yeah so just see how to do it I, I guess that I've got to be aware of these sparse game weeks and see when they're coming <laughs> up <laughs> it's so it's so tricky isn't it when when you know there's a double coming up but there's a blank game week before it so you're like well I can't just load up on West Ham because then I'll have no players for game week 18 um so it's it is tough you want to be like oh I'll just load up on West Ham defenders and have Cresswell, Kufal and Balbuena or something like that. But then, you, yeah. then you'd be stuffed. Well, I think the thing to do is you, 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 I think it's a good, good time to use your free hit chip if you, for, for the, uh, for the sparse one, um, <laughs> where you can just pick a team that just, that's all playing and so you get your 11, 11 players out. Um, I think that's a good use of the free hit chip. Okay. So build your, build your transfers in, bring in your West Ham players and, your Villa players in the hope that, well, in the expectation that because they've missed two games, they're going to get involved um, in in the double in game week 19. It's pretty much definite in my mind anyway. seems like a safe bet. Um, yeah. So on that thought, who would be your Villa or West Ham players you'd be bringing in, Gary? I mean, I've already got Grealish and Martinez, so I think I'm pretty much covered for Villa. Um, I mean, one player I really like for West Ham is Jared Bowen at 6.4. Um, he's a really, um, he's got quite a lot of quality. He's quite clinical in front of goals. So, I mean, he's already scored four this season. And if you look at his record at Hull City, he scored a lot of goals for them as well. So um, I think the one the one problem with him is he doesn't tend to last the 90 minutes. He tends to do about 70, 80 minutes and then, then come off. But other than that, um, I think Bowen's a good one. Um, yeah, not Heller from what I saw of him last week. He was dreadful. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just hoping that Antonio yeah. is, is fit by that point and has played, you know, five games or something like that. I think when Antonio comes back, he's 6.2 million at the moment. So if you can get on him early, then um, he's potentially a really good uh, cheap striker option that could, uh, could, be, could, be, could fire. I feel like he's a player I'd only bring in the week before, you know, or, or the week of game week, bring him in on game week 19, just so you know, yes, Moise has said he's pretty much fit. Mm. And I think you, you, yourself and Ben, you talked about him last week, but Balbuena at 4.4 was uh, not a bad option. He seems to be, uh, well, he's in the team, so he's getting the clean sheet points, but he also has a few headers on goal, so not a bad one. Yeah, I, I, did West Ham change their, change their system um, to a back four rather than a back three now? Yeah, they, I think because Masuaku was injured, they, they they went with a back four at Leeds. So that, that makes me a, a bit worried about putting in a centre-back, especially when they've got um, 
I didn't even realize this. Did you guys realize they have Craig Dawson, um, legendary FPL player Craig Dawson, who's just sitting on their bench. I didn't even know they'd signed him. So that's another centre-back that they've got. And, you know, there's Diop, there's Ogbonna. It's quite a lot of competition, especially, you know, in a busy Christmas period. So I'm a bit concerned about uh, bringing in Balbuena. I still still have nightmares about bigging up Issa Diop for the, like, a a sparse game week um, a couple of (laughs) seasons ago when he was my secret weapon and uh, West Ham didn't keep a clean sheet. I, I remember, was it last season or the season before, um, I think Matt will probably remember this. I, I started going into double game week planning mode like 10 game weeks before and totally destroyed my team. Got like 30 and 40 points for about four weeks in a row. Um, ruined my chances of winning the league. And when it came to the double game week, everyone else just kind of reacted about three or four game weeks before and, and they were fine. I remember it well. Um, <laughs> you kept saying, my, my, my team, yeah, you never quite said your team looked rubbish, but your team looked rubbish because <laughs> it was full of West Ham players. <laughs> but it's like, but it'll be fine for the double game. Yeah, well, Ben and I just took an eight-point hit and it was fine. So and, Yeah, and the, I think the blank beforehand, I'd planned so much for the blank and pretty much just everyone got a crap score, including me, because it was a load of crap teams. So, yeah, be warned. Um, I guess the other the other thing with this season is you could put all this planning in, and then it comes to the blank game week, the sparse game week, and then COVID will just randomly take out a couple of the fixtures. And yeah, 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 that's true. Um, so last kind of topic, I think another one potentially from Matt. So, what are your Christmas plans? I don't think this is a social question, Matt. I think you're <laughs> you're, you're focused on LPL, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what Christmas is all about, right? It's just... No, we want to know presents, cooking <laughs> <laughs> the turkey, uh, everything. Christmas Day, I'm I'm planning. I'm I'm getting my transfers and captains lined up because that's when Duncan. That's when we. That's when we win and the others lose. They, <laughs> so true. They, they forget around Christmas time. <laughs> they have other priorities and then they lose. <laughs> that's the time to win, and yeah, shoot up those rankings above a million. <laughs> So, so what so, are your Christmas plans, Matt? What are my Christmas plans? Well, I think it's it's difficult at the moment. I think you've still got to pick um, like your strongest eleven and go week by week. So that's that's sort of saying don't plan for Christmas. But I think um, what I've got in the back of my mind is you have to follow the press conferences just a bit a bit closer because I think there's going to be a rotation over the Christmas period. Um, Liverpool, as, as as we were just talking about, looked pretty knackered. Um, I think the big teams are able to rotate. And so I think there's an element of planning for that, but also maybe uh, just gravitating towards some of those players uh, that maybe for like the, the teams below the big six, that are, or even some of the big six ones, but the ones that are just undroppable that play every 90 minutes, um, every single week. So Jack Grealish isn't about to get rested anytime soon. He says probably before he gets rested. Uh, Bruno Fernandes as well has had a, had a, he had one rest. Uh, that's probably him done now till the new year. So he'll play every week. I think it's it playing safe is probably what my tactic will be. And can I can I just say I, I like very much Matt including Bruno Fernandez in the players to watch outside the big six. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Zaha then Zaha is going to get dropped. That's true, and he may be as always playing for a move in the January transfer window as well. That's kind of. Although his fixtures aren't great, um, you know, so if we're talking kind of game week 
from now until game week 17 that kind of covers from now until about the 2nd of January <clears throat> excuse me so Crystal Palace's fixtures then West Ham away Liverpool at home Aston Villa away Leicester at home and it's Sheffield United at home to finish not the greatest but like you say he's out of position he's going to play every game and like I was saying he he could be playing for a move as always yeah. Yeah, so say I've theoretically chosen between him or a Chelsea mid or a Man City mid uh, that isn't De Bruyne, then I think I'd go for someone like Zaha because you know he's going to be playing. Uh, he's got just about as much chance of scoring points at the moment, but yeah, it's just less, far less of a rotation risk. Yeah. He's, do we know if he's on penalties still? or Do we know if Milivojevic has taken them back now? He's back from COVID and suspension. I think it go back to him. He's a bit of a penalty pro. Yes, and, uh, no, it's how I answered that question without attempting to pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> he shall not. Who he who shall not be named. <laughs> he um he doesn't always play. I don't think these days. He's he's sometimes been dropped from the first team though. Old Millie. Well, he's been in and out, but I, so I'm just going to bring him up here. So Milivojevic, I went there. Um, he's he's had the last two starts, ninety minutes and seventy-two minutes. It's not the most, uh, yeah, it's not the most kind of unbeatable in record so far this season. So fair enough, mate. Maybe he might not be there um, on the pitch, which makes Zaha more attractive. Fixture-wise for the the festive season, the best fixtures game week thirteen to seventeen, as rated by Fantasy Football Scout, are Burnley. Uh, so they've got Aston Villa away, Wolves at home, Leeds away, Sheffield United home, and Fulham at home. Especially Chris Wood time. Well, <laughs> well, maybe it's Charlie Taylor time. I think me and Ben I've probably got him. Yeah, got to. Me and Ben probably mentioned him in our bench fodder chat last week. He's four point four. Double game week coming up at some point. Maybe it'll be in game week nineteen. Three uh, percent owned and. Burnley are picking up a, a bit of form, maybe. Um, okay, maybe not. But these are nice fixtures, and it's going to be wet. It's going to be cold. It's going to be frosty, and no one's going to go and work and play yeah. in Burnley over Christmas. I think that's the sort of good shout. Way it goes beyond the stats, doesn't it? You just know Burnley are quite uh, that sort of one-dimensional traditional British football team that uh, probably like the cold weather, like the bad pitches. Uh, and if they're on a good run, they might just grind out some results over the Christmas period. It's just so unexciting, isn't it? Being like, I'm going to bring in Charlie Taylor. It's not a great Christmas present, is it? He's not going to get a 20-pointer. But well, hey. well, can, I, can I give you another punt for um, good Christmas fixtures then? I, I think um, Fulham might be an interesting one. They've got uh, Brighton at home, Newcastle away, Southampton at home, Spurs away, Burnley away. Um, so I think there's some pretty good fixtures in there. And um, as we say, like the two seemingly winnable home games, I mean, Southampton are pretty good, but I, I, yeah. And I, I, I was just watching Fulham today. I just thought, um, again, this will be very punty. He's only scored one goal and he's not great at finishing. But um, the Caballero, 5.3 million, who's a midfielder playing up front, he got he got in behind Liverpool a couple of times, so um, he could be a, a Christmas cracker for you uh, there. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> God! I mean, yeah, I know they played well against 
against Liverpool. But my concern would be the lack of home games in those five fixtures, just two, one of them against Southampton. And I think it would go against that thing we were saying about, you know, the home fans kind of supporting them in a small stadium. I think, yeah, the next fixture, Brighton at home, that's nice, but I, I wouldn't be so keen on the other ones. It's a lot of away fixtures. Well, there's only one away fixture with fans, so uh, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, that's true. You can flip <laughs> that right back round. <laughs> Matt, who are you thinking about for Christmas? Um, so who am I thinking about for Christmas? So, looking at the season ticker, um, I think Villa's a fairly, quite a good run, isn't it? Burnley, um, who is it? West Ham. Crystal West Palace, West, West Brom, Brom, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, West Brom. That's pretty good in the next two. Crystal Palace at home, not bad as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think Villa as well because it's also got that added bonus when you transfer in those players. You know they've got that double game week that's got to be around the corner. They've got two um, now because they've yeah. missed the one with Newcastle. So two I've double. already, I've already got Concer and I've already got Grealish. Um, so. I guess I might might wait to see if Watkins um, goes in a bit of a run. He's, certainly his stats have been better than his points recently. Um, or maybe I join you guys in the Martinez bandwagon because that 11-point haul really, really hurt me this week. Yeah, it would be nice if Martinez could turn into a bit of a Nick, Nick Pope. With Villa's fixtures, I agree, but I think if you're going to go there, go there now. It's the next three that are really nice, whereas they kind of finish the festive fixtures with Chelsea away and Man U away. Um, which is not so nice. So if you're going to go there, I think Matt Target's a really nice shout. He's still one of the few decent 4.5s that's still 4.5. Um, low ownership, 2.7%. He's already got an 11-point return in one game week uh, this season. Um, few clean sheets, obviously, kind of earlier on in the season, but they've picked up a bit of form now against Wolves, so... I think he'd be my pick. My only issue with him in my team is if I bring him in, I've got Grealish and Martinez. It stops me from bringing in uh, Watkins um, up front for a double game week or two double game weeks. And I feel maybe that's a bit bit risky if he is still their penalty taker. El Ghazi took the penalty this game week, but I can't imagine El Ghazi is going to play as much as Watkins. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, who else is looking good over Christmas? Man United, what do you reckon to them, Matt? Sheffield United away, Leeds at home, Wolves who are a bit in disarray, Leicester who have been not great stats-wise defensively, and then Villa. Um, I mean, it's it's sort of, it's okay uh, yeah, for Man U, isn't it? Yeah. I think, yeah, I, looking at the Man U players is probably what I'd do. Is that. So Bruno Fernandes is pretty much fixture-proof, so he, he scores most, most game weeks, so he's, he's a very good one. There's a few catchable fixtures in there, um, but uh, I mean Rashford is the sort of player. I know Gary's got Rashford, but if he starts getting on a hot streak, uh, I think he was this time last year. He was on. A, he was doing really well over the Christmas period. Um, I'll get. I'll be getting straight on him. But at the moment, I I'm not seeing many Man U players uh, individually that I'd say, oh, that's the one to get right now. Um, yeah, so. I, I think you're right. The fixtures look okay as a club, but um, I'm not sure which players I'd go for other than Fernandes at the moment. I think for your team, I think we were talking about it before we recorded, it's quite a nice potential move for the Christmas period is because you've, you've got a Son or Rashford kind of hole in your team. You've got two transfers. You could bring in 
Rashford for game week 13 and 14, Sheffield United and Leeds, and then transfer him out for Son for Fulham and Leeds. That's a, a nice little kind of Christmas rotation. Yeah, that sounds like the really sort of smart, complicated uh, transfer <laughs> plans that uh, inevitably come unstuck where you sort of lay this grand plan and then... Uh, and then yeah. everyone gets dropped and you've got injuries. Yeah. And... That's it. And I have to take an eight-point hit to get Rashford out my team and it's all gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. It's, um, it's quite a smart idea, uh, which, which I'm tempted by um, because, yeah, as you say, it's, it's a good couple of fixtures where you think Rashford's probably a quite a nice uh, differential to have in your team. Um, and then you could swap across to Son uh, just as his fixtures uh, start to get a little easier. Um, having said that, he seems to be fairly fixture-proof at the moment, scoring every single week. So um, I might go straight to Son and just just uh, set and forget. It does. It does feel, looking at the fixtures, thirteen to seventeen at the moment, that the best kind of ranked teams are your Burnleys, your Brightons, your Leeds, Villas, Fulham's, like Gary mentioned. So it, it feels like this is a season <laughs> season to bring in your cheap defenders rather than your you know premium attackers or anything like that if you're playing by the fixtures anyway so like you were saying before bring in your your Grealishes and um and other players in those lowly owned teams less kind of fancy teams who are just going to play every game mm. sensible and slightly dull christmas as it will probably be i guess the the thing is though that that's quite a cheap defense that you could assemble that could be could could accumulate points does that mean you can then afford that extra big hitter in your team that some people are going all out to get four really big hitters in their team at the moment and yeah and maybe yeah. maybe that's the tactic to do partly because you can a really cheap defense is going to score just as well as an expensive one at the moment yeah it's a really good point because me and ben last week were saying you know which three of the big hitting kind of midfielders and Kane would we fit in our team and actually this week the the talk within a fancy football scout and Twitter and stuff is moving to four like you say and so yeah maybe this is the way that you afford it I like that your Burnley your Charlie Taylor your Lamptey if we think he's going to play again at Brighton Leeds we okay we, we they may not be Doherty but Ailing or Dallas and then Matt Target at Villa um any of those are pretty good. I like it. So that's kind of the end of the topics. Uh, Gary, do you want to take us through the listeners league and, and see how people are getting on? Uh, yeah. So it's been a very, very average kind of scoring week. There's, as far as I can tell, no one's broken 70 this week. In fact, Duncan with 66, you're one of three podders with the the best score at the moment. Um, I must podders. say that. Three podders. I'm the top of the bonus, god damn it. The, the sorry, the whole the, the whole of the league. Um but yeah, no, the yeah, although I, I must admit I haven't got Vardy's factored into these points score. So so if I, if I've got this wrong, please write a strongly worded tweet to complain if I've missed someone out. But no, I think the um the other two who've got 66 this week, one of them is our pace setter, Morton Lingbo, uh, with FPL Nordic. Uh, so he went Salah captain, got Martinez in goal, he's got Walker Peters, Adams, Calvert Lewin, some of the some of the normal ones really. Um, and so yeah, he's in first place. He's got a little comfortable little cushion of thirty five points at the moment above uh, Nick Jones in second with the Monsters, uh, Michael Chen in third, Conquer Calf Thunder, 
Um, yeah, Michael's really taken to FPL. He's kind of showing a lot of us up. And Darren Axton, um, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy FC in four. And oh my God, moving... it's film star in fifth. <laughs> Paul Newman, yes. Yeah. And a <laughs> Um, although saying that, it depends if Webster and Barnes, we've been tracking um, Sun's progress, my wife, she's kind of slipped down to seventh, but she's got six points on the bench, so she could be back to fourth um, if Harvey Barnes and Webster don't come on. Um, then, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'll just pick out, there was one other, there was one other competitor who got 66 and... I've completely lost where it was. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing like a professional uh, preparation, is there? Hey, you, we can talk about my team again if you want. I got 66. <laughs> Actually, here we go. Um, uh, son of a Ziyech, Aman Gulati. Um, well, he's down to 65, but I think he's got uh, Kuyate coming in for him in a minute. So he'll, he'll actually be on 67 once Kuyate comes in. Damn him. Uh, I don't know if, again, this is a bit slow. So if Justin comes in with a clean sheet, James Justin from Leicester, he, he could break 70. Um, so, yeah, he, he went with Salah captain as well. I got a few, a few interesting players here, actually. Bednarek with 12 points. Uh, Romeo from Southampton with an assist, seven points. Um, okay, nine. Um, yeah, McCarthy six. So yeah, I think I think Aman Gulati actually with son of a ZH is uh, is our star of the week and uh, top marks as well for having. Um, well, he's um, he, having at least one of the players named in his team in in his actual team. He's got ZH in his team. He doesn't have Son, but he has ZH. So son of a ZH. Uh, is our team of the week. Nice one. Um, thank you very much for that, Gary. If you want to take us on in the Listeners League, um, then the code is in the show notes. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at FPLFFFanatics. And you can rant at us there. You can call up Gary um, on any of the mistakes that he's made, <laughs> or me or Matt on the many mistakes that we've made on our stat. Yeah. It just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Gary. Uh, it's a pleasure. And thank you for your insight, Matt. Thank you very much. And it's uh, it's obviously a very short uh, sh- short period until the deadline. <laughs> uh, so it's 4.30 UK on Tuesday. So don't forget your transfers this week. It's a really quick turnaround. Yeah. And don't forget to click the record button. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nice one. Speak to you soon.